Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to Bills or Bust Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Murphy. Uh, thank you for joining us after what is going to be a very rough week. And to make matters worse, uh, but also better, because he's a great friend of the show, uh, we have Master Control Operator at CBS Sports HQ and my good friend and Jets fan, Mark Ferrero. Mark, congratulations, man. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, and thank you for in advance for not rubbing it in too hard. Oh, of course, man. Tom, thank you, as always, for having me on the program. Of course, we'll get into it uh, deeply. But, of course, celebrate the victory. Not celebrate the victory, of course, with the status of Rodgers. But, man, it, w- it was a hell of a game. And, of course, when Xavier Gibson returns that punt, of course, you're jumping up and down. You're celebrating the victory. But, of course, on the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, we may lose Rodgers uh, for the entire season. Yeah, and uh, you just notified me right before we recorded uh, the bad news that I was not expecting. They had said last night that the x-rays came back negative, and I thought that was a good sign. Uh, I imagine maybe you would like to break the news to the listeners. The Yep, so it became official about 15 minutes ago that Rodgers did, in fact, tore his Achilles. He is out for the season. Uh, you can kind of tell last night, though, when they were talking about, well, he's in the boot. And then even after the game style in the press conference, they were just waiting for the inevitable, which obviously just occurred. So just unfortunate, man. What, what can you say? As a Jeff fan, what can you say? You can't even celebrate the victory last night and the great performance by their defense because with this Rodgers news, and we'll get into potential options for the Jets, too. Maybe they can make some calls to bring in someone. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I wouldn't pull the trigger too soon. I mean, uh, you guys did win with, uh, you know, much aligned Zach Wilson, uh, who had his second victory versus the Bills. That's more than any uh, quarterback in the AFC can say. Uh, we're going to get into the game, but uh, real quick, we're going to start with uh, last week's trivia question. Uh, and you are free to answer this one. We'll see mm-hmm. your deep knowledge of Bill's uh, history. So, who did the Buffalo Bills play in their first ever playoff game in Orchard Park, Rich Stadium, slash the stadium that stands today? Ooh, first team they played in the playoffs. Can you give me a year? Or is that... uh... Uh, Before you were born. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I'm going to say they played the Broncos. Very good guess. That was just a few years later, but this is how uh, old the question is. It was in nineteen the nineteen eighty eight season, the uh, divisional round. Uh, before there was a entire wild card round, the Buffalo Bills hosted the Houston Oilers. Ooh, okay. They won seventeen to ten, and followed that up uh, next the next week with uh, in the AFC Championship. In Cincinnati, losing quite mightily to Boomer Esiason ah, yeah. and uh, Stanford Jennings and Icky Woods and company, 21 to 10. Ah, man. 
Yeah, well before my time, a couple years after, but uh, yes, oh, and I was nine years old, and I remember that game vividly. I was in Buffalo visiting my father, and it was just uh, I was thinking, oh, cool, the Bills are in the playoffs. I didn't realize how big a deal it was. Sure, at the yeah. time, and uh, oh, Buffalo was just electric, and yeah, they won seventeen to ten. Uh, MVP of that game, without a doubt, was Steve Tasker. He had monster special teams play, forced fumble at the end, and uh, yeah. Hopefully his uh, Hall of Fame day is coming soon. But, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to drag it out. But, yeah, we got to go with the game last night. Uh, Yeah, got to, you know, Rodgers, that first drive. And one thing with the Rodgers play, it was not, it wasn't a gruesome hit. It was a sack by Leonard Floyd. And it just, you, you know, you're watching it and you're kind of wondering, like, what happened? And that's sometimes those are the worst injuries, the ones that you can't, that you can't see the absolute uh, immediate impact. Yeah, I think as he was going to the ground, I think that's when he heard the snap. And you see him sit on the, on the ground and he wasn't moving. And then they took him out. And you see the cart and you're like, oh, boy, this is not looking too good. And then they gave the updates throughout the game. But. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? All the hype, he's coming out with the American flag, obviously the anniversary of 9-11 and all the expectations. Because I thought, truly, this is not just me being a Jet fan. I thought with him coming in here, with how great this defense is with their young talent, that, hey, this team has a shot to make the Super Bowl. Why not in the AFC? The only team, the last team, I should say, to go back-to-back years of the Super Bowl was New England a very long time ago. And we know every year, whether it's the Bengals, you know, your Bills obviously want to get there, and the Chiefs, why can't the Jets do it? Why not? And I thought with Rodgers, I know last year they called it a down year for him, but for us, it's like the best year quarterback ever had. <laughs> so, uh, and just for him to get hurt like that, I mean, this flashbacks, I was a little young for this too, obviously, with Testa Verde back mm-hmm. in 99, them coming off that AFC uh, championship game to the Broncos, him getting hurt week one against New England. And obviously a game I was at preseason in 03 with Pennington when he broke his wrist against the Giants. So as Jeff fans, we are very familiar with injuries and always uh, you know, bad things happen to us. What can I say? I know. It's, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things, you know. It's, uh, I mean, you've known me for a while. I, uh, I always want the best for the Bills, but it's never at the sake of injury. Like, and you know I despise the Dolphins like way more than the Jets. Even when, when Jalen Ramsey, I found out he was going to miss three quarters of the season. Oh, it was like a just tear in the heart because, you know, it's like you never want to see that for a player. And you just, you always want everything at an e, like a even level. And mm-hmm. like you said, you know, despite the, uh, like the horrible kind of, uh, I always say Billsy thing, but you could almost say Jetsy thing, you know, but <laughs> you're looking forward to this you know, for about six months, it just happens. It seems like it happens to the Bills quite often. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, he was not great by any stretch of the means, but he did what he had to do, like 25% the amount of turnovers that our all-world quarterback had. And that's pretty much uh, all the Jets needed was for him to, you know, keep the game in control, had, you know, made some nice plays when it mattered most. And yeah, it's uh, oh, still trying to wrap my head around this man. <laughs> yeah, the two biggest plays that Zach Wilson made in this particular game 
was the throw he made to Lazard on third down. And actually, Lazard almost dropped it, but was able to secure it. And obviously, that throw, with the help of Garrett Wilson, I mean, what can you say? This guy's a stud. He's unbelievable. Thank goodness they drafted him. Obviously, the whole draft class, and we saw what Brees Hall did yesterday, too, with a, you know, only like, what, 10 carries? He had over, like, 120 rushing yards. Uh, but that's the yeah. thing with Zach Wilson, is they're not going to ask him to do too much because you saw late in the fourth quarter when the game was tied with 13, then run three straight plays, want to be ultra-conservative. They figured, let Zerline, who's very good, knock on wood, kick the field goal, let the defense try to finish the game. Unfortunately, in that case, they couldn't. And, of course, of all the kicks, the, the ball joins off the, the goalpost and still goes down. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Uh, I was talking to my uh, another friend of the show, Jason Thurston, who is 100% the most positive Bills fan I've ever met. And I've met thousands. Uh, despite that, at the end of the game, despite the ball hitting the upright and going in, I when it was going into overtime, I 100% expecting a loss. Just the way the Bills played the second half. You know, it was a it was kind of a tale of two halves. The Jets' defense, the, I mean, both defense on, defenses on this team deserve all the credit in the world. They were uh, both fantastic. Uh, and the Bills, I felt, in the first half were very much uh, kind of meticulously, you know, going after the Jets, like, within their limitations. You know, Josh had three interceptions. The first one was about as good as a uh, skyrocket punt, brought it to the four. Of course, that was washed off by uh, one of the longest non-touchdown runs of the past 10 years. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, 84, that's amazing, 84 yards and not a touchdown. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so that was kind of like, okay, that's a wash. And, you know, Josh is going to get his interceptions. Next one is, uh, you know, 40-yard but to touchback. And then the third one was just inexcusable. Uh, but, like, they were playing pretty meticulously. And then in the second half, the Bills' offense just had zero answer, zero answer for your uh, defense. Yeah, and all interceptions by Jordan Whitehead, who they brought in last year from uh, Tampa Bay, three interceptions, and obviously the fumble by Josh Allen that was forced by Michael Clemens, another part of the draft class doesn't get talked about enough. But we talked about this even on the shows before. The Jets' defense always seems to have an answer for Josh Allen. Because even both games last year, the, first, the one that we watched at MetLife, he didn't play very well. And even the second game, the one that the Bills won in the Orchard Park, he didn't really play that great either. So the Jets' defense does have success against Josh Allen, forcing the turnovers. And what, you, what can you say about their pass rush? Five sacks yesterday, including mm -hmm. one from Jermaine Johnson. I think two from Quentin Jefferson, one of the defensive tackles <laughs> they brought in from Seattle. Yeah, it's funny. I just uh, one. I know I was kind of calling, laughing about uh, Quentin Jefferson. Uh, being on your lineup when I saw him, and I knew as soon as I started bragging because he had a very uh, you know, kind of uh, forgettable year with us uh, his one year in 2020. And I knew as soon as I said that, it's like, yeah, he's going to have a big game versus us. It, it just always happens. You know, like Aaron Maven, you remember him? Yes, uh, of course. Our 11th overall pick was with us, I think, for three seasons. Zero sacks, could barely see the field. Uh, he joins the Jets, and I think maybe in his third game, he had two sacks against us. It's just, that's... Uh, no, it's, it's almost the Buffalo way, so to say.
Oh, yeah, man. That always happens, especially with us when guys come back as well. Thank God we have to deal with that with Vernon Golston, thank goodness. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it does seem to always happen with us. But, yeah, with this defense, man, of course, they played conservative in the, late in the fourth quarter, obviously, when the Bills tied the game. They didn't want to give up that big play. So I thought when you guys want to toss, I said, ooh, you know, that defense, that I go back on the field. They're probably going to be tired. But they got the quick three and out. And then what can you say? One of the uh, hard knock darlings. Uh, Xavier Gibson, the rookie, made the team as a punt returner and obviously takes it to the house to win the game. And the Jets, uh, you know, pull out the victory yesterday. Yeah, that's uh, – and, like, yeah, we won the toss and we did absolutely nothing with it. I think what we had, we started off with, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, yeah, false start. Uh, yeah. You know, we went back, you know, the offensive line has been a problem, like, for years now, uh, and it seems like we're always revamping it. It seemed like this year, okay, we ramped up the uh, we ramped up the interior of the line, and it's uh, you know now it's just time to shine. The offensive line was a disaster. Uh, I try not to really call out too many bills by names here, but Spencer Brown, I said it last year, our right tackle is 100% a liability on that. John Franklin Myers uh, sack in the first half, pretty much, you know, Spencer Brown is 6'9", I think 320. Pretty, John, John Franklin Myers isn't a small guy himself. Uh, John Franklin Myers just completely abused him. Uh, got the sack on Allen where he pretty much just drove Spencer Brown back into Josh Allen. I knew this had to be addressed in the draft, but apparently Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, like they just seem to be completely married to this idea that he is going to turn into a great right tackle. I think he's proven to be nothing but a liability. He had a, you know, holding call, the false start and got absolutely abused on this play. I just, I, and we have absolutely nobody behind him. We have Jermaine, uh, former first-round bust Jermaine Effetti, uh, who was a healthy scratch yesterday. Uh, it just seems like they're riding or dying with Spencer Brown, and it's extremely frustrating. You must know what that's like. Well, that was my next question. I was going to ask you if you had any options off the bench that you can go to, but I guess no. No, well, we uh, signed... Uh, you know, former Jet and Dolphin Brandon Shell during the offseason. Right, that's right. And he had like one disastrous uh, preseason game, and he just retired after that. And, uh, you know, despite it being disastrous, I was like, well, I can't imagine him being worse than Spencer Brown, but apparently he didn't even want to see if he had a shot to start at right tackle, and he just retired. Uh, you know, wish him the best. Um, yeah. I just don't know. I'm hoping that this experiment ends at the end of the season. Uh, whether we win the Super Bowl or not, I have a long way to go before I uh, start making any claims on that. Uh, but yeah, Xavier Gibson, uh, I'd never really heard of him. I didn't watch Hard Knocks. Once I saw it was the Jets, I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know I, it's, like, oh, it's like, I'm sure it's entertaining and everything. But yeah, I just I don't want to start liking these guys. Maybe I'll watch it during the off season of uh, 2024. And actually, you can make a case because the wide receiving core, before Corey Davis retired, everyone was saying, for the Jets' perspective, that that last roster spot could come down to undrafted rookie Jason Brownlee, who was a healthy scratch last night, or Xavier Gibson. 
But then when it came out that Corey Davis retired, that opened up another roster spot for the other rookie, Gibson, to make the team. And in that case, you know, they have two undrafted rookies. I think eventually maybe the Jets will look to trade for another receiver down the road mm-hmm. when the time sees. But that spot was opened up due to the retirement of Corey Davis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, this is not the... This is absolutely not the first time that the Jets won a uh, regular season game or week one game on a special teams touchdown. Morton, baby, Morton. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you were probably a young child at that time. I believe that you were probably 10, I'm guessing, because I'm pretty sure that was the 2002 season, our first season with Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, that actually was the first year where I really started to follow the Jets was in 2002. Yeah, and uh, not only Chad Morton had the uh, kickoff return, just to, to completely start the overtime, uh, Bledsoe on, I think, like, fourth down, hit, like, hit uh, Eric Moulds for about, uh, like, 30 yards to tie the game up, and then overtime lasted, like, all but eight seconds. Yep. Uh, Chad Morton, not a, it was not his first, but second touchdown of the game. That's one of the things, though, with the Jets. They have always had great kick returners and punt returners since I ever followed them, whether it was Leon Washington, Morton, Cotre, Jim Leonard, Brad Smith, now maybe even Xavier Gibson. The Jets always seem to have guys who can return the ball, which is huge for them. Um, even uh, Cromartie did a couple of times, had a big one in the playoff game against the Colts. So they've always had success uh, finding guys that uh, return the ball, whether punt return or kick return. Ah, uh, that's right. Oh, good old Brad Smith. He was a uh, he was a builder for a hot minute, I think, during the Rex era. And uh, yeah, didn't do much on the return team, but he had a couple of uh, you know receiving touchdowns for us, which is funny because I actually uh, remember him as a uh, quarterback in college. And I'm oh, it's killing me. It was either Iowa or Missouri, one of those Midwest Missouri teams. Missouri. There we go. There was another one. Uh, there was another uh, quarterback, almost similar name. I'm going to have to look him up way in the early 2000s for Iowa. Uh, remember, they had a running back, Tavian Banks. Sorry, I'm just going through the the annals of my mind. Uh, but, yeah, Brad Smith, it was so funny. It's like, yeah, found success as a return man for the Jets, uh, minimal success as a receiver for us, and was a quarterback in college. Yeah, the Jets even had him throw a couple passes in the uh... – Sanchez's rookie year. I think he even threw a pass in the uh, championship game against the Colts. Um, you know when they made it back in two thousand nine. But he was a great uh, uh, yeah, fan favorite. Did a hell of a job for the Jets when he was there for a few seasons. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I just have to say, with uh, last night, uh, definitely a lot of good and bad for both teams. Uh, what were the things? What were the things you found positive about last night with the Jets, and what were the things you found negative? Well, I think definitely the first thing on offense. Brees Hall. I mean, we were so concerned going into the season in terms of, you know, how he would react from tearing his ACL. It's going to take him a couple of weeks to really get accustomed back into it. And that's why I was for the Dalvin Cook signing. I said, you definitely bring this guy in. You ease Brees Hall back into the season. No reason to give him 20 carries right now. Let that happen later on. And in limited action, this guy was unbelievable. Like you mentioned, the 80, what, 83, 84 yard run. His first run was 26 yards. I mean, this guy is incredible. He's a beast. And if he's going to do that, I mean, I got to plug him back into my lineup in fantasy because 
that's the reason why I didn't start him last night was because I didn't think he was going to get that many touches. And that was very impressive right off the bat for him to do that type of performance big time for the Jets moving forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of have to like in that first quarter, he had a, uh, what is that? What does that come out to? A 55 yard uh, yards per carry average? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's shocking they didn't, with that average, they didn't just run him all game. The game would have been like 70 to nothing if that were the case. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I have to give credit on that play, you know, try and find some silver linings. Uh, Christian Benford, our cornerback, who was a six round draft pick last year, uh, starting over Dane Jackson and Kyer Elam, our first-round pick from 2022, who we traded up two spots to get. Last night was a healthy scratch. That is just not Oh, really? Good. I didn't even know. I didn't think of that. Wow. Yeah. No, um, that is not a good sign. I I wasn't on, as low on Kyer Elam as a lot of analysts were. You know, he made some big – he had a playoff interception. He made a hard-earned interception on Mahomes during the regular season. Uh, but obviously there's something going on with this guy. You can just, you can tell in preseason, you know, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, you know, you know, battling for that CB2 in the first quarter. And then the first quarter of these late games in the preseason, you're seeing Kyir Elam in there with the, you know, projected cuts and practice squad guys. Yeah, well, it's very surprising. I did not know that whatsoever. And actually it's kind of, not comparing it to the Jets with Carl Lawson because he was battling an injury and obviously he's a veteran. But Carl Lawson was a healthy scratch last night because the Jets are so deep on the defensive line with all these pass rushes that he mm-hmm. was not even active for the game. But again, he's coming back from an injury, so maybe he'll be active this week when they play the Cowboys. But uh, yeah, I think the one negative I would probably say, and maybe it's just going to take some time with all these guys, is probably the offensive line for the Jets. You know, whether it's, you know, Dwayne Brown getting back into the picture with now Makai Beckton going to right tackle. So maybe it's going to take a few weeks for them to get accustomed back into it. But the Jets are deep on their bench when it comes to offensive line. A couple of veterans. They have the rookie Titman, who right now is the backup center to McGovern. Um, so I would probably say the one negative would be the offensive line, but still trying to gel things, uh, you know, gel together. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to go as an uh... – so when I mentioned Benford, I kind of didn't complete my uh, my thought there because I got uh, I got sidetracked by the Kyrie Elam thing. I did appreciate uh, you know Christian Benford's extreme effort to chase down Brees Hall. On that. that was a sure touchdown, and Benford came from the other side of the field, tackled him. He didn't have you know he got didn't have such a great game, but you know those kinds of efforts. That's what uh, you know I personally just love. I love that kind of like selfless effort. That you know you do all because also you know that tackle led to a field goal. It wasn't right. that, like yeah. Jets. Uh, you know it saved four points, which at the time was huge. No, I think for a few seconds you see Garrett Wilson kind of prematurely celebrating. So I think that might have slowed him down a little bit because if he didn't do that, maybe he would have been able to block, and that would have led Brees Hall to run for the touchdown. But yeah, that led to three. Uh, that's going to be one of the issues moving forward if Zach Wilson is indeed the quarterback of this team. Is they got to try to find touchdowns. They can't always settle for three. As good as their defense is, and obviously Zerline's a very good kicker, the veteran, but they got to try to find ways to punch it in. And thankfully, the only drive they were able to do that was that catch by Wilson, obviously in the fourth quarter, which I still can't believe he was able to secure. <laughs> yes, it's uh, something I'm sure every team feels this way, but I swear we are the victims 
uh, highlight real catches more than anybody. Obviously, everyone remembers the Justin Jefferson fourth and uh, you know fourth and twenty seven or fourth and eighteen uh, when the Bills played the Vikings last year, which uh, yeah I think was one of the top three plays in the NFL, uh, you know, on their top one hundred list. Uh, even though that led to ended up leading to a field goal, uh, or actually no, it led to a uh, you know non score. The uh, turned it over on downs, but then got the uh, fumble <laughs> because uh, Bills are going to Bills. But yeah, no, it just seems, and that was just a fantastic catch by Wilson. Tredavious White was all over him, had great coverage, and Garrett just completely saw that through. And yeah, that's what, you know, those are catches that make uh, championships. Still a long ways to go. But, you know, back to your offensive line, uh woes yeah i would say the one positive there were a few positives but one huge positive was i felt the bills pass rush was really great last night we only got three sacks but especially in the first uh half we were just all over uh the quarterback uh greg rousseau had one of the best uh games that didn't result in many uh sexy stats as i say but rousseau was just chasing uh you know, Rodgers in the first drive yeah. and uh, Zach Wilson all game. Just a good sign because we're going to be without uh, Von Miller at least till week right. five, possibly longer. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, just a good sign to see that happening. Still kind of kept it up in the second half. Uh, but yeah, your pass rush, definitely. There was kind of a turning of the tide where our pass rush uh, was overlooked by your pass rush because you were just in Josh Allen's face all game. Yeah, they were, and you know they have so many guys. We talked about this on the defensive line. Obviously, Quinton Williams. I mean, what can you say? I mean, even his brother last night, Quincy Williams. They were all over the field tackles. He is so fast as a linebacker. That's why the Jets chose to sign him over bring back uh, Quan Alexander. But yeah, I mean, this defense is really unbelievable. That was the one thing that we talked about in terms of their defense taking that next step in terms of getting turnovers. Because when the Jets went on their run. Last year, early in the season, they got a lot of turnovers. But when the losing started, no turnovers. So last night, it was good to see them, especially with the offense the way it was with Zach Wilson, get the turnovers, change the momentum of the game, and they were able to do that. Obviously, White had three interceptions. Uh, what can you say? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, obviously, the negatives with the Bills. Uh, offensive line, again, that's just uh, – I'm tired of talking about the Bills' offensive line. You know, you see – you know, teams like Kansas City, they have a solid, like, not so much in the last game because uh, they were Chiefs' offensive line was cheating with that, uh, you know, head start that Jawan Taylor was getting. I still don't understand that. But uh, the, when you have an all-world quarterback, you you literally have to go overboard to try and protect uh, this quarterback. I think Osiris Torres, huge uh, task on it task on him last night uh, pretty much matched up on Quinn and Williams uh, I didn't see so much uh you know too much bad with him last night the other guard we signed Connor McGovern I saw him get kind of beat a couple times definitely on Quinton Jennifer Jefferson yes the other Connor McGovern we definitely yes. have to, uh, you know where ours is from Texas I don't know where yours is from uh and ours is a left guard I think yours is a center or right guard yeah he's a center Connor McGovern yep oh yeah it's not like yeah, he's not as not as common a name as Tom Murphy, you know. It's uh, right, it's yeah, no, no. 
But he's been with the Jets a while. They signed him a couple of years ago from uh, the Broncos uh, to be their center. And he's a, he's a solid, not a great center, but he's a solid center, uh, dependable, always on the field, knock on wood, doesn't get hurt. But God forbid if that happens, that's why the Jets drafted Joe Tittman uh, to eventually take over for him. I know. It's one of those things I say, you know, you just you can't have superstars stars all over the field, you know. There's a salary cap, yeah. but you got to love right. those guys who can just fill in. Uh, yeah, we'll see going down the road. They had a huge task against them last night, but yeah, that just has to stop. And also, uh, another, uh, former guest on the show, Scott Bunn has best nickname for Josh. Uh, I've heard in a while, uh, he's an agent of chaos. It's Josh Allen is 100% the reason we are as good as we are, but when we lose, it's usually his fault. And last night that was definitely it with the four turnovers, it's just uh, he was one of the most uh, turnover quarterbacks last year. Uh, kind of, you know, high up in interceptions, but so were Burrow and Mahomes. The thing is, Allen had uh, Allen had 13 fumbles last year. Shockingly enough, he only lost five, which is, I can't believe that. But, you know, Burrow and Mahomes, they lost, I think they, they didn't combine for that many. Yeah, one thing I got to ask you too, because I can never get a great read on this because some people say it's not a big deal. Some people say it is. This whole maybe rift between Diggs and Allen, is it really something more than, or like what, what's going on? Is there, is there anything to it? Because I, I can't tell by what people are saying. Oh, yeah. Actually, I mean, quietly, Stephon Diggs had a great game last night. 10 he catches, did. 102 yards. Uh, actually beat Sauce Gardner a few times. I uh, didn't notice that so much in the past few games because it seemed like uh, Gardner was lined up on Gabe Davis most of those games. But yeah, last night, uh, Diggs got the better of Gardner on a few plays. Uh, there was definitely definitely some sort of rift uh, between them in that Bengals game. You know, from what I hear, and I'm not spreading rumors, I, I, I've heard some things. I'm just going to say I know Josh was going through something personal uh, that oh, last okay. game, and Diggs seemed to have a problem with it. It does seem Stephen A. Smith completely was speaking uh, complete unfounded nonsense. Uh, Diggs, weeks earlier, had said, you know, it's like, I'm here to win. These teams, sometimes they're like family. Yeah, they have you know, they have uh, rifts between each other, but at the end of the day, you know, they're there, you know, they spend, you know, half of the season with each other. I don't think that's uh, so, so much of an issue. It's not nothing, but it's not serious. And mm -hmm. my, my thinking always is, you know, I kind of don't care what, what happens off the field. I mean, I hope these people aren't hurting anybody, but, you know, it's uh, like I'm not going out to dinner with these guys. I just want them to produce on the field. Like Stefan Diggs is a little cute on Twitter where he likes to he likes to kind of say something underlying that's like, oh, what does that mean? I don't care what you do. Just produce on the field. Give, you know, give me 100, 100 catches, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and, you know, we're good. You do whatever. You, you, don't, you guys don't have to like each other. Just, uh, you know, entertain me every Sunday, you know. That's the that's the world I live in, uh, but yeah, definitely that was definitely not an issue last night. Allen and Diggs were were connecting. No, it's just Allen. I know he's at times overly overly confident to the point of cocky, where he thinks he can just do anything. 
yeah, we kind of we live and die by him. And last night we certainly died by him. Yeah, I think even Troy Aikman said it on the broadcast last night. He's a gunslinger, you know. He's going to take a lot of chances, uh, which he did obviously last night. But one of the things he has to watch out for is these hits, man. I know he's a you know he's a big quarterback, but my goodness, some of those hits he takes, man, you got to be careful. I I say that all the time, and it's uh, I I remember in 2020 when Allen like started to become like the Josh Allen we know, and we were playing the Los Angeles Rams week three, and Aaron Donald just had him like you know dead to rights, and almost every other quarterback in the NFL just would have like Aaron Donald is a physical monster. The guy has like zero percent body fat despite being 310 pounds. And Josh Allen's trying to fight him off, and it's just like, dude, just go down. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're simply not going to win versus Aaron Donald. Just go down. Don't like, don't you like, don't don't try and fight it. It's happening. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't really see him hurdle anybody. Uh, I know that's something the entire NFL world loves about him is the hurdling. Every time I see him hurdle, I pray it's his last. I know, man. This is something you got to watch out for because that's the last thing you want is for him to go down, you know, for a, a long time. But we'll see. Oh, yeah. There's, there's like zero backup plans. Zero backup plans. Yeah. Josh well, that's what we even said. Even when we brought in Rodgers, we always said, hey, God forbid, not to say out for the season. I mean, geez. But we're talking about if you need a guy to start a couple of games, you want to feel confident in that guy. And obviously with the Jets. They have to decide what they're going to do here because I know Salah after the game mentioned, oh, you know, Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. But with this team and all these young players and how great they are, you know, last year was different. It was a year two of Wilson. You want to see what he's going to do. Obviously, they were very disappointed in how the season ended, which is why they went after Rodgers. So this year, they got to try to bring in someone. Now, some of the options, you're going to hear names. They're not great options. And that means, oh, the Jets now are going to be Super Bowl contenders. Of course not. But they got to find a way to bring in someone to at least help because you cannot just elevate Tim Boyle and say, okay, for the rest of the season, it's going to be Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. That cannot happen. Okay, I'm going to record that when Tim Boyle wins uh, MVP. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I mean, let's see. Uh, we have uh, Shane Bouchelle. Uh, Son of former Major League Baseball player Steve Bouchelle on our practice squad. I'm sure he'd love a uh, roster spot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think realistically, because I know some people on social media, oh, give a call to Tom Brady, who who just recently you know had the ceremony in New England on Sunday, you know, and they, they mentioned you know calling Matt Ryan, who now works for CBS Sports. I think the two maybe realistic options, again, not great options. Not ones I'm going to jump up and down and be happy about. Number one, I think you got to call the Saints, see about Jameis Winston, because right now with Derek Carr being the starting quarterback and giving him a big-time contract, he's not going to start unless there's an injury. Maybe you could look to the Saints. I think that's option number one. Maybe number two, you give the commanders a call and see about Jacoby Brissett, who they recently signed this past offseason. Because with them, they want to see what they have in Sam Howell. And don't forget last year. This is the biggest stat you need to know about the Jets. They won seven games. If they averaged a league average 22 points per game, they would have won 11 games last season. So you could make a case that they had Jacoby Brissett, they would have made the playoffs last year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think Joe B. Jacoby Brissett has made kind of like quite a nice name, kind of like a new like age Ryan Fitzpatrick. A guy, you know, it's like, you know, 
some people want to call like a bridge quarterback. There is a market for that, you know, because these things kind of happen all the time. And I, I think that's a, I think that's a fantastic idea. Jacoby Brissett, uh, you know, Bills have had good success with him, but he is just that guy is a baller, man. And I could, uh, I could see it happening. I mean, my God, well, you guys have past uh, past two seasons. Zach Wilson is two and zero versus uh, the Buffalo Bills, the kings of the AFC East. So who knows? Maybe you don't want to uh, close that window just so soon. No, you just didn't really see anything last night. Yeah, I guess I made a couple of nice throws, but they really don't trust this guy. They don't want him to make a mistake. And he did throw a pick last night, by the way. But I think oh, you've yeah. got to try to bring in someone. Uh, you know, I don't want Carson Wentz, no. Nick Foles, no. Like, listen, Winston, Winston and Brissett, those are not sexy names. That's not going to be okay. The Jets Super Bowl aspirations are still back on. But at this rate, try to make the playoffs. Try to end the longest professional drought. Of uh, obviously it was last year with the Kings in the NBA, but they made the playoffs. Now the Jets are number one. I think the Sabres are not too far behind the Jets uh, for the longest streak of not making the playoffs. So uh, if, let's end uh, it and let's make it. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sabres and Jets are tied. Oh, they are tied. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. 2000, 2011. That's the last time the Sabres made the playoffs. Yep. And the last time, well, actually, the last time the Jets made it was in uh, 2010 when they went to the AFC Championship game. Maybe maybe it counts because the seasons overlap, so maybe that's where. Oh, right. Like because yeah. like uh, the NHL season goes like you know 2010, 2011. I know 2011, 2011 is the last playoff game for this Sabres, so it's probably yeah. As far as years go, yeah, that that would check out. Yeah, because you, you just hate hate the waste this year, and like I said, all these young players and their draft class last year and. At this rate, just try to get in the playoffs. Find a way to get in. Make a move for a quarterback. I know, obviously, this came out a few days before the season started, where the Jets, before they called the Packers about Rodgers, they inquired about Matthew Stafford. Now, the Rams, I don't think right now will trade him because they just won, even though I don't think they're going to go anywhere this year. That could be a name maybe later on. But right now, the Jets got to bring in someone. Even if they want to sign Colt McCoy, okay, I can live with that. But you got to bring in someone. You cannot. I'm going to say it again. No Zach Wilson, no Tim Boyle. There has to be somebody else on this team that has to be brought in. Uh, yeah, perhaps Nathan Peterman is sitting by the phone right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, you will you will burn that Jets polo. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Also a name I was just thinking because there were the rumors uh, last year that one team had inquired about Philip Rivers joining, like, uh, I think, oh no, I think it was the Niners had inquired about getting Philip yeah. Rivers just for the NFC Championship. I didn't even know you could do that that late in the year. Yeah, he could be a guy, you know, he had uh, stopped making all the kids and uh, come uh, quarterback the Jets. Yeah, he, he just heard your offer. He said, no deal. Yeah, right. That's it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, uh, it's week one, still 16 more games to go. Next week, it's another story. You guys are tied with the Dolphins for first place. Uh, tall order coming up for you guys next week in the Dallas Cowboys on the road. Yeah, especially the way they played against the Giants, 40 to nothing. I actually thought the Giants were going to win that game because I thought it was just a matter of time. Eventually, they're going to beat the Cowboys. And you know, obviously, Daniel Jones had a nice season. They're bringing in Darren Waller. But, yeah, I mean, everything that could go wrong in that game did for the Giants. But you're talking about another team with loaded pass rushers. So a big, big test for that Jets offensive line. 
Um, I still, I don't know about the Cowboys. I know people are very high on this on, on them this year, but we know the Cowboys though. And when it comes time for the playoffs, we'll see if they show up. But in terms of Week One, hell of a performance. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like I said, a big test for that Jets offensive line, but it should be at least a very good defensive battle uh, between the Jets and the Cowboys. Obviously, both teams have weapons, uh, you know, around the field. Yeah, I'm not as high as the Cowboys are uh, on the Cowboys as others are. Uh, I watched that entire game Sunday night, and I felt like the Giants would have lost to Bishop Sycamore that night. <laughs> they were just <laughs> the Giants were just absolutely atrocious. Uh, that offensive line, I was like, I was looking at that offensive line on the, uh, you know, in the beginning, and I'm like, wow, that's a that looks like a pretty solid line, just absolutely eaten up. There were guys you know, like like the common folk had never heard of getting sacks. Obviously, like Parsons was doing it, but you're getting you know sacks from Osu Ugadizue. I know I mispronounced that. And uh, Dorrance Armstrong had two sacks. It's kind of just like, well, you know, uh, what's going on? But the Giants just look dreadful. Uh, I think that, that uh, Jets-Cowboys game is going to be uh, – it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I would put the – I would put the over under on that game at 32. I think it's going to be a 13 10 game. Just, uh, I, I did not see much out of the Cowboys offense that, uh, you know, made me think that they're like legitimately for real. Uh, it was all that, it was all that defense against, uh, you know, Danny Dimes, who was getting paid like $7 million a turnover and sack the other night. So, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I like, I like your chances. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, great way to uh, you know make up for last night's play. We get to we get to host uh, the Vegas Raiders on Sunday, and yeah, I'm hoping uh, on paper we should really handle them well. Uh, if things go things go bad and we somehow lose to the uh, let's just say first place in the AFC West, Las Vegas Raiders. I uh, know it's uh, I. Just, you know, hang on to that for as long as it lasts. It won't be long. Uh, but, yeah, if, uh, we struggle against the Raiders, uh, you know, like, God forbid, lose. It's going to be uh, it's going to be code red in Buffalo. Well, that's where the comparison goes between the Giants and the Bills, because the Giants are now they must win the game against the Cardinals, who lost to the Commanders. But they played well. They kept that game very close. I know they got a couple of turnovers, but. They battled, obviously, now with Joshua Dobbs being the quarterback of that team uh, for the entire season. And knowing that in week three, you have a quick turnaround against San Francisco on Thursday night. So if you're the Giants, do not mess around at all with Arizona. I know the game's on the road, but you have to win. And in terms of your bills are concerned, obviously, with the Raiders, they did win in Denver. When you're thinking about this, West Coast team, 1 o'clock. I'm assuming the game's at 1 o'clock, right? Oh, uh, yeah, it's a 1 p.m. game. Right, so going to 1 o'clock, West Coast, Garoppolo, I know he played well in that game, but find a way to win. Can't overreact to week one because you saw the Bengals lose to the Browns. You saw, the, yeah. obviously, the Chiefs lose. So just bounce back in week two, feel a lot better, get some one-on-one, and then we can uh, you know reevaluate everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, often week one is a wash. I mean, it's uh, like, you know, the top three seeds in the AFC right now from last year are all 0-1. Uh, you know, 16 more games left. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I marked the bills as a 12 and five team this season. And I marked, uh, I marked last night as a loss. It still doesn't make it any easier. 
It's just uh, like we have, we are just in, it's such a nice advantage, especially with how the Dolphins looked. Uh, Dolphins offense at the very least looked, uh, you know, on Sunday, you just like one of these teams wanted to keep like on step with them. Uh, we have our chance first them uh, October 1st in week four. But yeah, it's, you know, 16 more games. The way we lost yesterday was just a little heartbreaking. I mean, 13, up 13 to three. It's not a, it felt like a huge win just the way the Jets defense was playing. It was like, my God, we're so lucky, you know. And we averaged 18.5 points a game versus them last week. So it's like, oh, we're almost there. And we didn't score another point until two seconds uh, left in the half. Yeah, two things about the Dolphins quickly. Number one, obviously, Tua, he's got to stay healthy for them. It comes down to that. And number two, impressive, they didn't even have Armstead in the game. And their offensive oh, wow. line looked great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I was watching as much of that game as I could stomach. I was watching, I also have, uh, in one of my leagues, I have Austin Eckler, who had a uh, great game. So definitely had uh, an eye there. But it just seemed like Tua, as much, as much garbage as I talked about him in the past, uh, he just like he looked unstoppable that game. He was just hitting everything. It was like I obviously had two hundred and twelve yards to Hill or whatever, but he's hitting people like River Claycraft and just uh, you know it's uh, you know he he was just hitting everything. Uh, I'm just hoping uh, I'm hoping the Bills are ready for. Uh, I'm hoping the Bills are ready for them in uh, you know week four, and they have to they have to win two in between that. Uh, but yeah, I think the AFC East is going to be a true, true battle. And then also you have the Patriots hanging tough the entire game yes. with the, uh, NF- the reigning NFC champs. Uh, you know, people are like saying, you know, pe- people have been saying the Patriots have been done for years and they just still like, they just still kind of just stick around. They were, they were in the hunt up until week 17 last year and uh, everybody's like counting them out and no, they're definitely not a team you can sleep on. No, you can't. And listen, for us, I think we've lost 13 consecutive, 13 consecutive games to New England. I think the last time, yeah, you didn't even, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Yep. The last time they beat the Patriots was the walk-up touchdown in week 16 from Fitzpatrick to Decker uh, back in 2015. Obviously, I don't want to talk about the week after that. We're not talking about that. But the week before, that was the, uh, the, the the game against the Patriots in December. Fitzpatrick threw that touchdown pass to Decker, and they beat the Patriots. That's the last time they beat New England. They had trouble with the ghost with Darnold and last year. And actually, last year, the game they lost at New England, it ended on a punt return. That's right. That was the, the 6-3 game, right? Was it 6-3 or was it? I, wasn't that was the only touchdown in the game. That was the only touchdown in the game. Yep. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. I do uh I do remember that, man. That's uh, 13 in a row. That's like uh, I mean, my god, Tom Brady owned us for two decades, but like I had no idea you guys were at that record. Yeah, it's uh, one long of, overdue, long overdue. It's also one of those crazy records and I know you're definitely hoping to break this uh I can always bring it up with the Jets, not to like not to rub it in. I just find it amazing. In NFL history, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles. I know. Yes, that's true. Like they play obviously once every four years, and they play them in a few weeks now. Uh, in October, I think it's that uh, second week in October they play them. But yeah, no, they they have never beaten them. No. Wow. Okay. That's uh, you know 
Ooh, they, uh, Eagles are going to have their uh, work cut out for them with that defense. But uh, yeah, we're at the uh, right now. We're at the two minute warning mark. Uh, before we say goodbye, I'm going to give our trivia question for uh, next week. Uh, yeah, you can answer this after the show. I know, I know you know it. You're so knowledgeable. But uh, so the Bills play the Raiders next week. I'm a huge fan of defensive touchdowns. I find them so fun. Who is the last Bill to have a defensive touchdown versus the Raiders, whether it be Los Angeles, Oakland, or Vegas? So you uh, think about that. And uh, Mark Ferraro, uh, you're going to drag it out of me again. Congratulations. <laughs> and thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, it's so much fun. It's uh, great catching up with you all week. Even better when we get to catch up, uh, you know, on a call like this. And, uh, yeah, hope to have you on uh, real soon. Yeah, anytime, man. Thank you for having me. Always great catching up with you, like you said. You have my number, so anytime you need me on the program, man, you know, I'll join you. My former co-host of the uh, the great Pigskid Pundits back on Blog Talk Radio. Ah, uh, the Pigskid Pundits. That was, uh, those were some good times. Yeah. Always, uh, yeah, I miss, the, miss those days, man, waking up and giving our picks for the week. Man, just oh, classic. Yeah. And uh, thank you all, Bill's Mafia. Uh, hopefully we have a more... Some better news to uh, talk about next week. But until then, let's go Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a comment and let's go Buffalo. Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2023.